So good morning. Happy Labor Day weekend. I'm excited to be here with you all. I know the youth is kicking off today. We have so much fun stuff going on. Um, and thank you all for being here on Labor Day weekend. This is a this is a uh, this is a weekend where there's many other things to do, right? And so you all are here to to get in some study about God. It's it's interesting. I've, I feel like the devil has just been after me since I got to New York. Um, my daughter doesn't feel good. Last night she's like, my throat hurts. So then as a mom, you go, oh, well, I better stay awake all night and make sure you don't have a fever and throw up everywhere, right? So I think I slept for 30 minutes. So I told um, Ivan over here if he sees me fall asleep to throw something at me, but I will not fall asleep while I'm preaching to you. Um, but, and then she doesn't have strep. I just got the email that she did, or the text that she doesn't have strep. So, and then I got to my hotel this morning to check in and they said, oh, we don't have your reservation. I was like, of course you don't. <laughs> like, of course not. Um, and then there's something, and then this is the last day I can wear my white jeans, right? And there's something on, there's something on them. So don't, don't judge me. There's something black on the back of my jeans. So you know what? I just for a second want to say, you know what, devil, you can just take a hike because we're going to spend some time with God this morning. I don't care if I have some on my jeans, right? So these people won't judge me for my jeans. Anyway, um, listen, we've been in Acts and I love this book, so I'm a little nerdy, so bear with me this morning, right? I feel like we're having a very intimate Bible study, too. I feel like we could have a community group here. Um, so for all you online as well, um, we're studying Acts and just really been studying Paul's ministry, and I'm just so in awe of him, right? Still, I, I mean, this is probably, I don't know how many times I've read this book, but even this morning as I was going back over stuff, I'm just in awe of him. So I want us to think this morning about um, our last, this is our last sermon in the series of Acts. We will go into a Roman sermon series soon. So we're not coming out of Paul's life. We're, go we're gonna stay in there um, and talk about what he did um, in reference to the book of Romans. But for today, this is our last time to talk about Acts. And I wanna talk to you about Acts 19. So it's a chapter in Acts that's pretty full. Um, it, you could probably preach a hundred different ways out of it, but we're going to talk about some very specific things that God was teaching Paul and that Paul was teaching, right? We often forget that what we're being taught has to then pass through us out to whoever we're supposed to teach. And so um, we're going to talk about that today, just sort of the different areas of Acts 19. Like I said, it's a big chapter, but it's Paul's third journey. He's on his third missionary journey. He's, re he's returning to Ephesus for the second time in the chapter, in, um, in chapter 19. And so he knew where he was walking in. He had put some things in place, but he was still walking into an area where everybody didn't believe and everybody didn't really care what Paul had to say. He wasn't always everybody's favorite person coming in, right? And so, um, but he went anyway. Um, and so he had traveled all over at this point and would end his travels in Rome um, where he would write from prison and eventually be beheaded. We'll get to that in the next sermon series. Um, but the book of, of Acts shows him in the midst of this work that he never stopped. And so we're, we're continuing to see this third missionary journey where he never stopped no matter what he encountered. Um, and so I really want to talk to us today about how do we continue God's work in the midst of anything that we encounter. And there's a few things that we need for that. There's three things. And I want you to think about that as we talk today. There's three things that we're going to hear about with Paul today. Finding the Holy Spirit by faith and then getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Employing the Holy Spirit in your life and in, in God's work is critically important. You cannot do it without the Holy Spirit and you don't want to. So we're going to talk about those two things. Secondly, we got to get some authority from God, right? Through our faith. We, we've got we've to download some of that authority to go out and do God's work. It's really important that we don't try to operate in God's space without some authority from him. 
And then we got to protect that. And we're going to talk about that, right? This morning, the devil was letting me know, you better counter me because I'm coming for you, right? And he was coming for Paul. So we're going to talk about how we protect that. And then thirdly, we're going to talk about standing in the chaos and not flinching. I like that, right? Don't flinch. How do I stand in there and not flinch, right? It's hard not to get caught up in everything that goes around, around, around us in this world, right? All the things that are constantly swirling about, all the things that the world tells us are important and they're an emergency and you need to get in here right now and you need to pay attention, drop everything. Don't worry about anything else. Just pay attention to this. And God's saying, but wait a minute, did I tell you to pay attention to that? Right? The confusion or the dissent or the disagreement, trying to retain what we believe is ours. Right? We spend a lot of time trying to retain the things that we believe are ours. What do we see as important versus what does God see as important? Paul had to make that determination all the time. What's important to me versus what's important to God? And then continue to keep his eye on the ball for what was important to God and leave the other things off to the side. We've got to, we've got to pay attention to that theme in this. I would venture to say that we get mixed up on that a lot, right? We say, well, this is important. This is the, the, the shiny thing in front of my face. I've got to drop everything and get all involved in this. And oftentimes we get that mixed up and God's over here saying, I never told you to move out of the space that I had you in. I never told you to change your mission orders. Right? You guys know my, I always have military analogy in my sermons, and I often think about it this way. You know, when, when Paul had his transformation, and we talked about that a couple weeks ago, when he had his transformation with God, he was given a set of orders, go and make disciples, right? Go and preach. Go and, and, and make people believers of me. God never changed those mission orders for the entire book of Acts and into the other writings that we'll see from Paul, and he never changed them. Right? We have to be careful about ourselves and our own intellectual knowledge saying, I know what God told me to do and where I'm supposed to stand, but this is kind of what I'm feeling like, or this is too hard. I don't want to do this. Right? Or I'm uncomfortable here. I'm probably not supposed to be here. Thank God Paul didn't say that. Right? Thank God he didn't say I'm uncomfortable here. I'm probably not supposed to be here. So we're going to read a little bit from chapter 19 here in a few minutes. It's his last journey to Ephesus. And then later, we'll, you know, in the New Testament, when you have time, you can go in and read the book of Ephesians, which is one of the letters that he wrote from Rome and then sent it back to the, to the people in Ephesians. But this is um, his last journey there in person. Um, he went to Rome twice, right, in prison both times, but one time he was on house arrest. And they believe he wrote the book of Ephesians while he was on that house arrest. So, you, you know, continue to look at Paul's writings. They're really important. But this is one of the first places where we see him um, really speaking to the people in Ephesus. I want to look in chapter 19 with you for a few minutes. It's a long chapter. I'm not going to read it word for word. But I want to look at it with you for a few minutes. I want you to think about the story here, okay? So, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. He found several believers, not everybody, right? Ephesus was not a, a place of a lot of believers. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they replied, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit, right? But they said, we have heard of the baptism of John. Paul said John's, John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told people to believe in the one who would come, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of Jesus, and when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with, in tongues and prophesied, and there were 12 men in all. Listen, this is one of the first points I want to think about here, 
We got to think about when we have taken in the Holy Spirit, when we have taken in the power and the strength and the equipping that we need to do the things that God needs us to do. Paul knew that just understanding about Jesus and an act of understanding that did not build relationship and did not allow the Holy Spirit in to be able to do the things that the Holy Spirit needed to guide us for. So we have to take that next step and say, let the Holy Spirit fill, right? If we go back to the gospels, we see that where people were baptized, came out of the water and the Holy Spirit filled them. This is the place where Paul's telling the believers in Ephesus, if you've skipped a step, it's going to cause problems for you. You need that extra step, and it's going to cause problems for you in a couple of other ways, which I'm about to show you how he links that together, right? We can't skip the step of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't believe that's for somebody else, or that's for a more mature Christian, or that's for a different place in my life. It's immediate, and God needs you to have it immediately, right? As he gives you your mission orders, as he gives you what he wants you to participate in, and your place in his kingdom work, he needs you to immediately be filled by the Holy Spirit and to use that filling. Paul ministers in Ephesus. I love this part. It says, Paul went to the synagogue and preached boldly for the next three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. Three months? We have a hard time reading the Bible for 10 minutes without falling asleep, right? I was looking at that, and I was like, now that takes some Holy Spirit right there. To dig into God in that way, to do his kingdom word unceasingly and untiringly, takes the Holy Spirit. You must have it. It's a, it's a, a point you cannot skip, Right? Now, he, he had some people there who believed and some people who didn't. And the very next sentence says, some became stubborn, rejecting the message. Hmm. None of us are ever in that spot, are we? Do we ever become stubborn? Right? And so what do we want to do when something, either we become stubborn or someone else becomes stubborn? Step out. Get away from me. I don't want to be near you. Go away. Or I'm stubborn. I'm digging my heels in. Right? And, and here's where I'm going to sit. And we don't think about what that's doing to our spirit and to the spirit of those around us where we have kingdom work to do, right? He, what happened with, with Paul is he had some active dissenters, but he also had some believers. But listen, the goal never changed. The mission order didn't change, right? He's filled with the Holy Spirit. He's got some authority. He's going to protect that authority by going back to God and praying over that and spending time with believers. It's very important to sharpen, right, and to protect that, that time with the Holy Spirit and our relationship there. So Paul spent time in Ephesus with the people who believed, got himself filled and equipped. Then he also went and preached unceasingly to the people who didn't believe. What we sometimes want to do is say, I'm only going to spend time with the people who think like I do. I'm only going to spend time in the places where I'm comfortable, where nobody's going to, going, um, you know, to counter me on anything. Paul spent most of his ministry in places where he was countered. And countered in ways that I hope don't happen to you, right? We talked about that when we talked about his transformation story. I don't believe someone's going to counter you and take you out in the street and beat you and bloody you and, and bludgeon you now, maybe. And if they do, I told you guys to call me and I'll come help you with that. But I don't think that's going to happen, right? But you are going to be countered. And oftentimes we say, this is an uncomfortable situation. I'm not supposed to be here. Who said who said you weren't supposed to be there? If God gave you the mission orders that that's your kingdom work, that's your, your people, whether that be your family, your workplace, wherever that is, right? Wherever God's got you centered. If, who said you were supposed to leave that because you're uncomfortable? The next time you get uncomfortable, I want you to go back and read about Paul. Let's look at his discomfort, right? So he goes, it says, some became stubborn and rejected his message. So Paul left the synagogue and took the believers with him. And then he went to a different lecture hall and went on preaching for two years. Right? 
Two years, people, in the midst of the chaos. We always think, man, this, this world stuff is too hard. I got to get a break, right? I got to step out. Paul never stepped out. He stayed right there in the midst of that for two years, right? So we talked about this idea of getting the Holy Spirit and being filled. The only way that you're going to be equipped to stand in the midst of chaos and descent is to be filled and equipped by the Holy Spirit. Then the Holy Spirit then gives you the authority you need to do the work, right? In the next part of Acts 19, it talks about they, Paul was um, preaching in the synagogue and that, and that God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles, right? So he was able to show God's power there. A group of Jews were traveling from town to town casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord in their incantation saying, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out. But one time when they tried it, the evil spirit said back to them, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? You got to fill up with some authority, people. God's got to fill you up. Now listen, he will. That's not something you have to go, you know, barter for. God will give you the authority you need, but that authority comes through faith and commitment and dedication to God and having relationship with him. That's where that authority comes in. You can't get that without it, right? That authority comes from, from that place. How do I receive the authority to talk about anything, right? How do we do that? God wants to work through you, but he needs you to be working off his power, now listen, those Jewish people weren't necessarily doing something bad. They weren't trying to harm people. They were trying to eject an evil spirit. That's not a bad thing. But without the, the authority of God, that evil spirit just laugh in your face and keep right on going because it's not going to bow to you. You got to be really careful about trying to do God's work out of your own power, right? That's why we go back to this place of I've got to get filled with the Holy Spirit. I've got to be doing God's work out of God's power and authority. And that's what Paul did, right? The whole evil spirit even knew of Paul. He knew of that authority that had been bestowed on him. If you're not sure where that authority is, then pray about that. Talk to God about that, he'll show that to you, right? So we see that there, we gotta protect that authority. It's gotta be real, because listen, the kingdom work you're doing affects real people and affects God's kingdom. And it's really important that you take that seriously, that you dedicate yourself to that, that you stand in that gap for God. That's why we're here. Spoiler, you're not here for your comfort. God didn't put you on this earth to be comfortable. That's not why you're here. If we see that anywhere more clearly than in Paul's ministry in the Bible, we're not here for comfort, we're here to do his work. And the great part about that, the thing I can promise you, the truth from the Bible, the truth that rests in Acts 19 is, he will empower you. He will give the Holy Spirit to walk alongside you and dwell within you. He will give you the authority to do what you need. He will protect you, right? And then what do you have to do? Don't flinch. We gotta stand in the gap. We can't flinch, right? Now, while this is all going on, if we go into the rest of Acts 19, guess what happens? People start acting a fool. Shocking, right? There's many places in the Bible that I think we could just put on the, the uh, TV as Real House Rise of Jerusalem, right? Like the, it's pretty crazy. We think to ourselves, the world is crazy. The world is no crazier in 2022 than it was then. Everybody is human, doing human stuff, making human mistakes and error, and living in the same kind of sin that we encounter every day, right? If you read the Bible and think about it on the big screen, right, just reading through this and think about it on the big screen, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see what happens. I hear people tell me all the time, the Bible's boring. I'm like, are you kidding? 
Paul's over there preaching for two years in the thing, and these people over here on the other side are now going to start a riot, right? So the end of Acts 19 talks about a riot in Ephesus. Here's what happened. The Ephesians had this goddess named Artemis, and they didn't really care about Artemis one way or the other, but listen to what Artemis was doing for them. She was making them money because they could sell all this junk, right, that meant nothing, in the midst of Paul's preaching and trying to, to um, convert all these believers to Jesus, they're over there selling all these artifacts of the goddess of Artemis, right? And so a riot breaks out because Paul is messing up their business. They are not one bit concerned about the religious or the, the spiritual part of that. He is messing up their business. If he makes people not believe in Artemis, what are we going to do, Right? So they start a riot. There's all kinds of stuff going on. There, people are coming everywhere, and I love this verse. They all gather, right, because they're coming for Paul. And I love this verse. It says it in, in verse 32. It says, most of them didn't even know why they were there. Think about how many times we are mixed up in something, and we don't even know why we're there. I have people so doggedly defend something to me, and I go, how does this affect you? I don't know, but everybody else is doing it. Did God tell you to do it? Does he care about it? Right? There's a song by Casting Crowns called Jesus, Friend of Sinners. One of my favorite songs. I love Casting Crowns. I just put their playlist on repeat. It says, break my heart for what breaks yours. You better start praying about what breaks God's heart because you're spending a lot of God-given don't be confused, God-given energy on something he never told you to get involved in and something he doesn't care about. It's temporary. Paul knew all this junk is temporary. All these people trying to kill me and chasing after me and, and poo-pooing what I'm saying, and right? I mean, this whole gamut of what they were doing to him is temporary. But man, the Holy Spirit coming in and filling these people and making them understand who Jesus is and that he died for them and the new life that they can live in that, that's not temporary. That is the eternal stuff. That's the good stuff right there. It never goes away. Nobody's gonna take that, right? And Paul knew that, so he stood in the mess. He stood in the chaos. He stood in the junk. You guys get a hangnail, and I'm out. Right, all of us, you guys, me too. We get a hangnail, we're out. This hurts, I'm not comfortable, right? Somebody said something I didn't like. God's like, uh, my work's over here. Don't worry about that, right? Man, how many rabbit holes have we gone down for months over something somebody said that we didn't like? And now that's my cause, and I'm going after it. And it's eating up every bit of my energy, and it's eating up every bit of my time. And God's over here saying, my kingdom needs you. What are you doing? Right? We see Paul in Acts 19 go preach for two years while people are trying to kill him. You got a hangnail. Suck it up. We say that in the army. Suck it up, buttercup. I don't know if that's a very nice statement, but my daughter hears it a lot. Um, but this idea, right, of is it something God would care about? Does he want you to be involved in it? And if he does want you to be involved in it, he'll equip you. He'll give you the power. He'll put you right where he wants you to be. And he'll give you the energy to stand there. If you're involved in it and it's causing you anxiety and fear and you can't see God in it and you can't figure out where he is, 
he's not there and neither should you be. It's not confusing. People say, I'm doing this thing, but I can't see God. Then leave. Right? This is not hard. Paul understood it so well. You know, I, we, I think about it all the time. If I could go sit down and have a conversation with Paul and say, what were you thinking? Right in the midst of all of that. They never stopped trying to kill him. In his entire ministry, they never stopped trying to kill him. Right? You could go on and on about Paul. Walked around with a thorn in his side. Never got healed. Right? Had beheaded in prison. Wrote letters in prison. Right? Can you imagine? Jasmine talked about this, right? About Paul being in prison and praising God. Prison is all kinds of things, guys. It's not necessarily the physical building with the shackles. You put yourself in your own prison because you are involved in stuff that God didn't tell you to get involved in. And you're not doing his work and you can't see past the end of your own nose. And here's why it's important. Because you're missing everything God has for you and everybody around you is missing what you have for them. And it's a travesty. We live in a broken world who needs you to pay attention, who needs you not to flinch. Because if I don't have God, I'm going to flinch, right? Because what am I equipped with? What authority do I have? Who's protecting me? But you do have God and you do have all of those things. And when you choose to do one of two things, either not, not stand in the gap at all, not stay in the, the chaos at all, you rob God and you give the devil space every time, right? Every time. We have to be careful about that. We have to think about where the devil's gaining ground. What's he doing, right? We see what happens in this when we operate in the chaos instead of running. Paul is making revival occur in these believers' minds and souls in the midst of a riot. All this crap is going on around him. God's work didn't change. He doesn't care. God's like, I know all that's going on. You got to keep bringing people to me because the only way that they're going to be saved from that junk is if you bring them to me. There's no other way to do it, right? If they get saved out of that by a worldly solution, that's temporary. And they get pitched off the cliff again over and over. And you see that. You see that in Paul's letters. That's why he keeps going back to the Ephesians and the Galatians and the Thessalonians saying, I already told you what to do and you're not doing it. Here's why you keep getting pitched off the same cliff, right? They keep going off that same area. We see chaos and we try to move quickly. We see discomfort and we try to move quickly. Don't assume God doesn't want you there. Did you check with him? Did you ask him? Where is my mission? Where do you want me to stand? Riot and revival operate in the same space in the Bible all the time. Don't tell me that's not a biblical concept. It's over and over and over, but Acts chapter 19 is one of the best examples of it, right? They operate in parallel. How do we plow in like Paul? I remember when we were in combat, I would be literally on mission and know that when that there were soldiers parallel to me doing something that didn't require the firefight right they were doing something calmer something that didn't require the bullets we had to be really careful about firing into that area and they had to be real, really careful to stay out of our area listen you have a role stay in your lane stay in your lane and if you need to be where the bullets are firing then stay there Every time I got into a position in combat where the bullets were flying, believe me, the human part of me was like, get in the truck and hide. Who the heck wants to get shot at? Nobody. Nobody wants that. 
But the mission was to stay out there and fight. And Paul's mission in Acts 19 was to stay out there and fight, no matter what was being thrown at him. Right? He, I remember doing like nation building stuff, building houses and restoring basic services and sitting in tents with, with tribal leaders talking and building relationship while there was artillery smoke, you know, 300 yards away because there's all different missions going on at all times. If there's artillery smoke over there and it draws your attention, that doesn't mean you're supposed to go over there. Did God tell you to abandon what you're doing and move over there? Or did he tell you, this is where I need you. You are extraordinarily and uniquely gifted in this place with these people. And I put you here for a reason. You're in this family for a reason. You're in this job place for a reason. You're at this gym on the treadmill next to this person every day for a reason. You go to the same Starbucks and look the same person in the eye every day for a reason. Don't assume any of that is coincidence. God has you in a routine that he wants you to be in if you've submitted to him and he will put exactly what he wants you to do right in front of you if you will stay there and look and pay attention. And he will protect you and he will give you authority to do that. You don't have to worry about that. But we gotta build a little stamina, right? We gotta build a little stamina. How do we get to the place where we don't flinch? We gotta bring in the good where the bad guy is, right? We gotta move the gates of hell back, right where they are. Which means it's right in the middle of the evil and the chaos and where the devil is operating. Quit moving out of where the devil is operating because it's uncomfortable. You have to stay there. You're what counters him. You're what protects him. Paul knew if I leave Ephesus, the devil moves in and he takes right back over and everybody's worshiping the pagan gods who will do nothing for them except lead them astray and lead them to things that aren't good for them. Paul knew I have to stay here because right now the only voice that's gonna move back the gates of hell is mine. Do you not wanna be in that position to gain ground for God every day and push the devil back? Man, I can't think of anything I wanna do more. And I don't care if I have to do that in the Starbucks line, right, or in my own house, wherever that is, right? I was driving here this morning, talking to the devil out loud in my car. You can kiss my, oh, I won't tell you what I was saying. It wasn't a conversation for your ears, for your fragile ears. Anyway, um, what are your marching orders? I want you to think about it. Do you know, have you submitted where you are right now to God? Have you asked him what he wants you to do? Have you gotten filled with the Holy Spirit? Have you protected that? Have you realized what your godly authority is? Stand in it, it's yours. Can't be taken away from you unless you give it away. And then can I stand in the discomfort? Can I stand in the mess? Because it's bigger than you, it's bigger than your comfort. And listen, there's all kinds of stuff in this world we can get involved in, and I'm not telling you not to. I'm not saying not to get involved in it. I'm saying submit it to God and find out where he wants you. Because what happens when all of us move out of the ugly spot and the devil has full control and all the Christians are all standing over here? Because that sucks over there. Paul knows. He knows. Yeah, I'm surprised somewhere in Acts it doesn't say, and this sucked. Right? You would think that would be a perfectly logical thing to write. Right? Like, and then it sucked again, and then it sucked again, and here they come again, right? Luke doesn't explain it to us that way, probably because he was a very lovely man and didn't talk that way. If I had written it, I'd have been like, and then here we go again. Are you kidding me? Right? But God came in every time and protected Paul every time and protected that ministry every time. Right? He was right there. 
Ask for the ability to stand right where God needs you. Get some authority. Protect that thing. If you need help with that, there's a jillion people in here who will pray over you, who will help you do that, who will explain that to you, who will walk that out with you. That You don't have to do that by yourself. Paul wasn't doing it by himself. If you read through, that's my, that's my shut up alarm. Aren't you guys happy? And I'm almost done. Um, that's my, you're, you've talked enough. Now sit down. Um, Paul wasn't doing it by himself, right? We're a community and we need to do this together. And he didn't do it by himself. It's not an individual sport, but if you're on the team, then let's go. We got some work to do, right? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. We get to see what were some pretty crazy circumstances and you were right there in all of it. You didn't flinch. You never do. You don't have any ability to flinch. Lord, I ask for you to just give us a sliver of that. Just transfer a sliver of that authority to us that we can stand in the gap for you, that we can partner with you, that we can bring power and authority into your kingdom, that we can walk in this broken world that we're in, showing your light and your love, standing solidly on your promises. Lord, I just ask for the Holy Spirit to fall anew over everyone in this church, that this week they would feel a transformation. They would feel more equipping, more power, steadier on their feet, more confidence in their relationship with you and the things that you have for them. Give us the energy and excitement to get out there and get after the things that break your heart, the things that you want us involved in. We know you love us. We know you only have good for us. Help us to get our eyes up and out of the mess. We can stand in the midst of it and look up and see you be bathed in your glory and your authority. Lord, I ask for blessing and favor to rain down on this congregation in your son's holy name. Amen.